2: Welcome to News Night. In the next 60 minutes, it is imagined tonight that 21 shots were fired by the unknown gunmen that shot into the private vehicle of the Ghana immigration officers, killing one and leaving the two others in critical condition.
3: I couldn't sleep, well, I couldn't just imagine this callous, barbaric act of just spraying into a private vehicle on armed officers who were in mufti. I mean, I just couldn't imagine.
2: We have details as the high-powered team from the Ghana Immigration Service visits the home of the late Philip Morti here in Accra. We are also live in the region for updates on government's deployment of the thousand special forces to Boko to beef up security in the area.
4: I want to know what your initial reaction
2: uh,
5: Government is bringing in special forces uh, to Boko, about a thousand of them, both police and soldiers. Some are already uh, in there. camps are being built to house these uh, soldiers.
2: Also tonight here on Newsnight, two persons dead, three others missing in a communal clash over land at Kojiyiri in Wa West District in the
1: Upper West Region. We have live details from the area. The incident according to spokesperson of the Samune clan, Elijah Bukero Sufyan, occurred last Sunday when they sent 27 young men to their crowd at the BC enclave in the Ways District to inspect their cattle and also seed portions of their lands.
2: Details of that an ACD customers cautioned against the procurement of meters from unauthorized persons as the company uncovers the disturbing widespread trend of the use of fake meters in the country.
6: In Ashanti regions, it's all over the place, especially if you go to the Quabri areas. An urban area has risk costs. In trying to avoid paying their debts, go for, go for this meeting
2: we we'll hear from the team as it continues with its mass disconnection and revenue mobilisation drive in the region. Meanwhile, the Ghana Water Company is serving notice to factories and households whom it serves must pay at least 70% of their debt or be disconnected from the national grid.
5: For whoever and wherever we have managed, go to keep. We are your premises and you can settle the amount in total. We wouldn't take less than 70%.
7: And in business, total amount of money in circulation should stop significantly to reach over 200 billion Ghana cities ending February this year. And in sports, we we'll hear from legendary boxing
8: promoter Bob Arum, who has stepped Ghana as a potential host for a world title bout in the near future.
2: And much later, the social media and public anger that's greeting government's decision to introduce taxes on lotteries, sports betting, as some punters describe the initiative as needless. The
9: government is confused. They don't know what they are doing. What work did the government do for you in winning the bet? Because some of us, we spend six hours on calculating the outcomes of matches.
2: We have Matt and more in tonight's edition of Newsnight. Please do all to join us with your thoughts and your comment is via WhatsApp is 11997 11 I am MFA Apo. Four details now. We start off from the Upper East region this evening and it is emerging that over 20 bullets were fired into the vehicle carrying the three immigration officers, Assistant Inspectors Afari, Eric Edia and Philip Moti were in a private vehicle on their way to get food in Boku. Well, the three were rushed to the Boku Presbyterian Hospital but Philip Moti, we now know, did not survive. Meanwhile, Assistant Inspectors Afari and Edia are currently battling for their lives at the Boku Presbyterian Hospital and the Tamale Teaching Hospital. These are details that we've provided. But today, the Comptroller General of the Ghana Immigration Service paid a visit to the family of the deceased officer here in Accra and expressed disgust at the act. We'll be hearing all the details and also hear from the family. But let's head quickly to the Upper East Region and thankfully the Minister has joined us. Mr. Yakubo, and we're grateful for your time here on Night. So we know um, during the week that you provided some updates that we're expecting a special force up to a thousand 1, of them heading to Boko to beef up security and also hunt down the killers. What do we know?
5: Yes, uh, that's true. Uh, you know, because of uh, the problems in Boko, government has started to provide us about 1,000 special forces in Boko. As I speak now, what I know is about 200 are already in Boko, and government is making arrangements uh, and Bazwa uh, come to house. Uh, some of these uh, special forces that are coming, uh, you know, and they are doing that for us to be able to uh, uh, control Boko. Boko is very volatile, as we speak. Uh, there's very little peace in Boko, but uh, you know what happened to the education uh, uh, officers. Uh, so uh, this is what it is now uh, in terms of the special forces. But it's something that the government is doing, and we are very grateful as a regional government, to bring in these special forces and mm. like to make sure that we keep Boko uh, keep the
2: lead on Boko We're glad to hear that uh, there's relative calm and peace in Boko as we speak but the concern also is about this latest incident and uh, what we are doing to hand down these killers. Where are we with that? I know you don't want to give out all the information but really are we close to getting these
5: those yes, we, are, we are Yes, we are working very hard to get hold of either a, an individual, or we are, our understanding is that there were about two of them that did that shooting from different directions. Uh, so at least we have that information now, and the leads that we have now, and we are we, we are uh, pursuing this lead, uh, to make sure that we arrest these perpetrators. <laughs>
2: Well, but we are just seeing photos also today during the visit of the immigration boss to the home of um, the deceased, Philip Motte, And the pictures we are seeing, at least, we've been counting that pellets up to 21 of them. There are concerns. I don't know if um, that has also been brought to your attention or your men that are investigating. Do we know if these men are really from Boko or outside the country? Because um, there are concerns that um, are these really people from within that could do uh, yeah, this spray into a private vehicle the are, way they
5: did. There are very sophisticated guns that Boko people are using. So people are people are using very uh, sophisticated guns, assault rifles. That you know, AK forty seven and those those kind of uh, G three and and all that. And these uh, rifles are very powerful rifles that can you know I don't know how many bullets they can shoot at a time, but AK seven and G3 are very powerful uh, raffles that Boko people are holding. So it is not uh, so far, uh, I don't think that someone from even outside the region, it is within the region, it, it, think that it is within Boko. Uh, mm. So that's the lead that we are following. We don't think that it's somebody who came from anywhere to do it
9: mm. because
5: it is something that happened in Boko before. And so we know that they have this kind of council
2: you you have any suspects in mind that you you are hunting down
5: uh yes we are hunting down uh, as i said we have some lead mm. and 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 we are following it up you know it will not be appropriate for me to uh you know uh let everybody knows what we are doing about this thing. but totally we have mm-hmm. Uh as I told you we understand that uh, there were two people uh, shooting from different directions mm. and they came closer uh, you know to this uh, vehicle and, and, and shot at them and all that so we know roughly uh, what we are, we, are, we are hunting for
2: Okay. Well, then it raises the concern about the safety of the other officers in the region or in the area as we speak. I'm sure you've been interacting with them. Uh, What kind of um, vibe do you get from these men on the ground? Well,
5: you know, uh, it has always been a situation where uh, we are very careful with our workers there. And mind you, a lot of workers have left the local town Mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, But those who are there, uh, you know, we, we, we meet them and, and we we'll talk to them, and uh, their bosses also uh, how they should comport themselves, how they should they should they should move around town and all that. You know, so we have been educating them and talking to them also how to move around town. And it's very unfortunate that this one has happened. But for now, we are putting a lot of measures also in place so that this thing doesn't happen again.
2: Well, speak of measures that you're putting in place, there are concerns about the porous nature of the borders in that area. Are we tightening security? What exactly are we doing in terms of keeping the safety in the the area?
5: Yes, uh, you know, it's good that you've mentioned the porous uh, nature of our borders in the region. Yes, it's something that uh, we are working very hard on, on it, and 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 it is about intelligence gathering and it's about people uh, telling us uh, uh, cars moving on these guns. and our worry has always been what is happening in Burkina Faso, uh, you know, and, and and the guns that are able to move into 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 Boko area, you know, uh, so and because of the conflict, people think that uh, their only way of surviving, the only way of having security is probably buying sophisticated uh so now we we, we uh, as as Reset, we we are trying to adopt a different strategy you know for people to know that look problems yes you know can come in life, but we can resolve some of these problems with sitting there and talking, but not uh, with assault, assault raffles. and 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 I think that this is helping because we think that it is the individual people will have to understand that look, it is important. For us to put this gun down and solve our, our problems. Mm. And I think that if we do that, it will help us a lot. And that is the nature in which we are going now, also, and also beefing up security and making sure that we're doing a lot of searches also along the borders to make sure that uh, more guns don't enter Boko. Enter
2: Mm. But um, whilst you try to prevent more guns from entering, uh, you, uh, you talk about the sophisticated nature of some of these weapons that are already in the mm. area. Are there any attempts, really, uh, to to you know um, seize some of these arms that are already in Boko? Are there any attempts at all?
5: Yes, yes, yes. We there has been uh, many times that the security services have shoot, uh places uh, in the night, uh, you know, at home and all that. But sometimes it's very, very difficult to be able to. Uh, you know to be able to see some of this now. but i can tell you that the uh, government has brought in sniffer dogs uh, you know it's uh, something that i just uh shouldn't talk about but i just at least i want the listeners to know what government is doing uh so and these never dogs uh, are helping us a lot uh, so uh, it is a new uh, strategy that uh, that that we are doing and there's more also that we are doing and we hope that will be able to, um, you know, see some of these sophisticated assault
2: reforms we are indeed grateful for your time Mr Stephen Yakubo is the Upper East Regional Minister, of course we are also live on A1 Radio and Dreams of FM in Bogotanga, so residents there um, have also heard um, some of the calls that you've made thank you so much, well I've been telling you earlier that uh, the Comptroller General of the Ghana Immigration Service, Kwame together with a high power delegation today paid a visit to the family of the deceased officer Philip Morti here in Accra and he expressed disgust at the
3: act, you can listen I speak now. My minister, Honourable Ambrose Derry, should have been here. I was with him yesterday evening. He has an important national assignment in the north. And as I speak, my head of operations, the person of Deputy Controller General, Lord Afifa, is in the north with some officers. They will also visit the other two officers who were hit and were in critical condition. But by the grace of God and the doctors, they are stable. I had the information Monday around 8.15 from the regional commander of the Upper East and quickly decided to inform the head of operations to check. So by the time I sent the information to the head of operations, Mr. Fifa, he had also sent it to me. So immediately... We had to inform national security. National security were also aware. So there was communication between the three of us and national security, including my minister. Monday was a difficult, I would say, night to early morning for me, even though I don't sleep early. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't just imagine this callous barbaric act of just spraying into a private vehicle, on armed officers who are in Mufti. I mean, I just couldn't imagine and was praying that they would survive. Unfortunately, as has been said, Philip could not survive. I want to assure you that the government will do its best through the minister, my council and management to give our colleague. A befitting burial. It was just needless for those who had perpetrated this callous act. I always say that in life there's always the law of karma. You can just decide that, oh, it's not true. Definitely don't pay for it. To take a soul that God has brought onto this earth. When is the duty of God to do that at the appropriate time for them, then a human being, without any act of provocation, will just take their lives. The day of reckoning is coming for them. The necessary investigation will be done. It's just quite unfortunate. The entire immigration officers are so sad and they are calling on management to take a decisive action that we know at a proper time something will be done about it. We always say that it is God that gives and God takes away. But sometimes I have a divergent view. God will take it at the proper time. Will take it at appropriate time. That's the
2: Comptroller General of the Ghana Immigration Service there um, speaking um, when he visited uh, the family of the late Philip Motti. We can hear from brother of Philip Motti and um, he Cephas Sefas
10: What is even more disturbing is the fact that our father, who happens to be an educationist, taught between January 1959 in August 1961 in this northern region, this same place. He educated people. He raised people in that same vicinity, in the early middle school. And now, if you are grooming people, all right, you sacrifice your life, you dedicate to service, you want to see that other people's children do well, do better and then your own son. Philip was a very calm person, calmer than my good self. If you want to talk about calm, that is Philip. If you want to talk about selflessness, that is Philip. So for somebody to do this, for some people to do this in the name of whatever, was it for a trophy? It's up to them. We leave it to God. We all take consolation in the fact that we will go someday whatever price was paid for his head, even the perpetrators will go someday. And so we pray also that Afari, who happens to be one of his closest friends in the service, you know, who comes here almost every time, you know, to be with Philip at home, is recovering. I spoke to him this morning. He's doing well. It is our hope and prayer that they would recover, and be able to even attend you know the funeral
2: that's brother of Philip Moti, the immigration officer that was shot and killed in Boko. Sephas Moti there speaking when the high-powered delegation from the Immigration Service visited the family earlier today. A move to the Upper West Region where two persons have now been found dead with three others missing following a communal clash at Kujiri in the Upper East District of the Upper West Region. The clashes occurred between some members of the Samuni clan and over 300 armed men from Gadayuri and other adjourning communities. Well, my colleague, Rafiq Salam, has this report.
1: The incident, according to spokesperson of the Samune clan, Elijah Bouboukara Sufyan occurred last Sunday when they sent 27 young men to their kraal at the Bc Enclave in the Wai district to inspect their cattle and also seed portions of their lands to persons who wish to go into farming this season. They were allegedly attacked by over 300 men resulting in two deaths and three persons missing.
11: Little did we know there were a group of people armed ready to attack and the actual attacked us in the process the twenty-seven people who went only twenty-three returned. So We have been trying to locate the others. Only yesterday we managed to locate two dead bodies, semi-decomposed. But we are still going today to launch another search, whether we will get the other two, that is. And then to see how we can bury the decomposed or semi-decomposed bodies of the two that were found yesterday.
1: And so that means that there was some kind of a disagreement over the
11: lands? Sure. There are people from, we know people from Sankana who are settled at Gudairi. Originally, they came from Sankana to settle there, and o- over the years, they have now turned to call themselves the landowners.
1: The two semi-composed bodies has been identified as Baba Inusa, Alias Dragon, and Sayyidu Salefu. Alaj Sufyan suspected that the deadly and cowardly act may have been committed by settler
11: communities around gudairi they were gathered from principally gudairi and all the surrounding villages that are settlers but now want to be landowners including Yaro, yarrow um, in so many other places that for now for some special reasons we have to lie low with some of the names.
1: He acknowledged the support given to them by the police, but we want them to be more professional and unbiased in the discharge of their duties.
11: There's a biased view and that VC now send people to go and attack some people. And that is a very biased view. And we don't know the source of it, and that is what is circulating. And that seems to be the basis of action of some of the people. But I don't know whether their view has since changed because they have been to the site, they have been to the crime scene, and they, they have seen the magnitude of the problem. And I wonder if somebody will send 27 people to go and face 350 well armed men. I don't know the circumstances under who somebody will send 27 people to go and face a whole army of 350 well-armed people. So you are seeking for justice? Sure. And we will push for justice until justice is done. Since the incident happened last Sunday, no
1: arrest has so far been made by the police. Our information that we are pulling on indicates that six or seven cartridges were retrieved From the scene of the incident, the police for now says they have been able to bring the situation under control. Reporting for the news, Rafiq Salam. Wow we we'll head to the Ashanti region
2: now and the Electricity Company of Ghana has disconnected power supply to the official residence of the District Chief Executive of Amencia South District in the Ashanti region. At least four floodlights were on when the ECG Revenue Protection Task Force visited earlier today. Led by the Ashanti Regional Director of ECG David Boudia Samwa, the task force took away electrical cables used for the illegal service connection and we know that Clement Opoku's residence was among several private homes and public institutions disconnected on day one of the revenue mobilization exercise in Mansu Edubia. Engineer Boedi, um Asamwa tells Oheming Terrier of our security desk he had no sympathy for the DCE, a man he described as a friend. The
12: DCE for um, Amancia South. That's right. Um, the service connection to the house it's uh, unauthorized. It doesn't go through any ECG document. So we term it as illegal extension of service to the place. You can see that if you look at this place, you can see this pool. We call it a scantling pool. It is not a standard pool. And it's using it even through somebody's plots. This, this is the work we are doing. We are terminating the service, the illegality. Then if you need the service, you should apply. In the first place, there's no application. That is why we call it illegal. There's no application to ECG at all in any way. So now that we have identified it, we are removing the wires, and then every energy he has used over the period that he has used it will recover. How do you recover the used energy? Because for me, as ordinary citizen, I, uh, it's a bit difficult for me to decipher. Help me understand. Beautiful. Uh, that is why we engineers. Um... We, we know how to recover it because we determine the energy you have used through the load. We have already picked the load, so we know the, the current that is flowing through the wire. We use that one to do the calculation and the estimated energy he has used over the people.
2: Well, let me take you live um, to the Ashanti region. My colleague Ohiming Teria is with the team. He joins us live. Ohiming, uh, so let's talk about th- this particular disconnection exercise of the DC's resident. Uh, where was he at the time of the disconnection exercise and how did he react?
13: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, O-Himing. Yes, sir. Uh, exactly. At the time of the incident, the DCE was actually not available at his official residence. But what we do know is that uh, he had left the premises minutes, the task force arrives at the uh, premises to conduct the disconnection exercise.
2: Mm. We'll, we'll get to hear more from this particular exercise. Rather interesting, but we also understand that the relationship between the DC and the Ashanti regional boss of the ECG has come up strongly. Tell us about it.
13: Yes, MFA uh, uh, according to the Ashanti uh, regional boss of the electricity company of Ghana, engineer David Odi e. Asamoah. Uh, the DCE is his friend and he is somebody who has been coming to his office and they have been chatting and all that but for him there's no way he can mix you know friendship with professionalism and uh, so for him too his friend uh, will sleep in darkness today but he thinks that professionalism should reign over friendship
12: this is my good friend he comes to my office we chat He calls me, he comes to my office, we chat. But this is purely a professional work that we are doing. How do you feel to do this to your friend, a man that you say he's your friend? Now, from today onwards, he's going to sleep in darkness. Yeah, um, as a professional, you need to distinguish uh, friendship from professionalism. What I'm doing now is a pure professional work that I'm doing. We are friends. I mean, uh, it doesn't change it. So I don't think that our friendship will, this uh, mark our friendship, unless, uh, unless the person decides. But as far as I'm concerned, friendship grows when the right things are done. So we are only helping him do the right things. And the friendship will, and the friendship will grow.
2: So, I mean really, uh, what really is the case? Is it that the DC had connected to power illegally or he was actually owing? And what is he going to do about the situation?
13: According to the regional UC and uh, for now, they are uh, considering what he describes as illegal connection, illegal service connections uh, because one, the DC is not a connect, a using. They approved uh, a law, a process uh, to connect uh, the power from the main pool. He used two by four uh, wooden slabs uh, to serve as electrical pools uh, and then connected the wires or the cables into his house. And according to the ECG, as it stands now, they have no official record of the DCE applying for service. Uh, so for now, as it stands, they are disconnecting because uh, they. Uh, service uh, to the DC's uh, official residence is illegal or it does does not go through the approved or the right uh, procedure. And So if anything will come up, uh, for instance, a payment of bills or whatever, uh, the UCG will look at it later.
2: Mm. Well, but on day one of the exercise, the issue about fake meters also came up. Let's talk about it.
7: Yes.
2: Hello, Heming. Yes, MFR. I'm here. I'm asking about the issues of fake meters and the arrest of a 54-year-old man who is supposed to be leading that syndicate in the region.
13: Yes, uh, MFA, uh, that has uh, come up strongly in the Asante region because ECG officials uh, think that the issue of fake uh, meter is very widespread in the region. Uh, they mentioned areas like uh, the commercial uh, race of market, uh, the public areas and mostly in other parts of the Ashanti region, uh, a lot of people who are now owing ECG, you know, in complete electricity bills, have resorted to, you know, contracting state dealers to supply them with fake meters. And these fake meters do not come, you know, uh, free. They pay for uh, these fake meters between 1,000 and 2,500 So it was in line with this an uh, exercise that 54 year old man from Sofia was arrested at Pinsu in the Hafanov South West uh, district of the Ashanti region, and the search in his house uh, led to uh, police to retrieve eight of these uh, 6 liters ECG uh, believe were imported from Togo, and they come with the ECG logo and that of the uh, Energy Ministry. And so ECG officials think that this is just to deceive the public. And there are also other you know, customers who go to ECG's offices and because they want to circumvent the process, for instance, they wouldn't want the Energy Commission uh, to certify their homes or their boats before they are giving the meters. They resort to these fake uh, meters, and that is also another issue that the ECG says uh, It's causing the company huge sums of money in unpaid bills uh, and also power supply to people who are not uh, providing uh, any funding support or
6: whatever to use it. In Ashanti region, it's all over the place, especially if you go to the Kwabre areas, an urban area has risk costs. So our customers, some of the stubborn or recalcitrant customers, in trying to avoid paying their debts, go for go for these meters. And in Ashanti region, here in particular, I tell you, it is very, very widespread. Anybody who needs meter, just Uh, Instead of walking to an ECG office, prefer to go through a guru boy, an intermediary who in the end deceives the customer or the prospective customer. Because most of the times, the processes that you have to go through, you know, now we are regulated. Before we can give you power, you have to do your energy commission and all those things. Most of the public think that that is a frustration for them. So to avoid going through, go you walk to an ECG office, purchase the application form, the next thing is that bring your energy commission forms for us to know that the wire was done properly by a certified professional then they think that you, by demanding that document you are frustrating them okay. so they go to these guru boys who then they go and install these fake meters and give them the assurance that don't worry I have somebody in ECG who can help you me this or set up the meter so that you can receive the bill but truly it never happens it is widespread all over the place people just don't want to pay their bills. So in doing that, they avoid the ECG original meter installed in their premises.
2: So that's the man in charge of revenue, um, generation and collection in the Ashanti region. They're speaking to us earlier. Uh, well, we know that uh, the Ghana Water Company is also on a similar drive, serving notice to factories and households, which it says must pay at least 70% of their debt or be disconnected from the national grid. And also in the Upper West Region, the area manager of VRA and NEDCO, um, engineer um, Francis Yameso has disclosed that customers... All the company a staggering amount of 107 million Cedis. 82 million of the amount is owed by ministries, departments, assemblies, and agencies. whilst domestic consumers owe them 25 million Ghana Cedis. Well, that's um, the situation. It was disclosed at the opening of a customer service clinic in Wa. Let's do business now. George who is not owing ECG or Ghana Water Company Limited uh, or Netco but, for that matter. Yeah, but a, it won't
7: be ECG, but it could be something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's in business, George? Well, let me for uh, coming up in business, total amount of money in circulation uh, should sub significantly to reach over 200 billion Ghana cities ending February this year. We'll also be hearing some news from the IMF Managing Director, who is intervening on behalf of Ghana's Zambia and Ethiopia with China in terms of how China should fast-track discussions on restructuring uh, these countries, uh, their debts. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Allianz Life and Ghana Pay.
4: When everything worth
2: doing is scheduled, hitting the stop button on your alarm just in time for your morning job. That happy moment listening to your baby's heartbeat at the doctor's office or an arranged virtual meeting with that big client.
3: Buy airtime ahead of time with scheduled airtime service on MTN Momo. You can schedule your airtime purchase of any amount daily, weekly, or monthly by dialing star 170 hash option 3 and follow the process. Or simply dial star 170 star 311 hash for a super. Airtime purchase experience. You enjoy 100% bonus airtime anytime you recharge yourself with MTN Momo. Keep on talking with that 100% feeling. So, what are we doing today? MTN.
4: Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City, or call us 0302 764101, 764209, or 762792. Visit our website www.kingdomgh.com.
7: Welcome back to Business on News Night. Let's now settle for the details. The amount of money in circulation continues to hit record levels. This, which captured in the latest Bank of Ghana data covering monetary developments, and in February 2023, there is more in this report. Bank of Ghana data showed the total amount of money in circulation went up from
12: 140 billion cedis. In February 2023 to 202 billion cities in February 2023. The data showed that there has been some consistent increase in the amount over the past month. One is not sure how this has also contributed to the current high inflation levels in the country or one can say that strong pickup in economic activities might have contributed to this development. But as the Bank of Ghana works to check the high inflation levels, will this data mean that a lot more has been done in terms of more policy rate hikes to bring the situation under control? But for some, does this development also show that there is still strong appetite for cash instead of the electronic payments that the Bank of Ghana is pushing?
7: And that is the Business Dex report. Let's talk about the IMF. And its managing director, Kristalina Gogiva, has disclosed that she had intervened on behalf of Ghana, Zambia, and Ethiopia when it comes to China fast-tracking discussions on restructuring the debts of these countries. Now, Gogiva actually met the, with uh, Lee Kuan, that is a top uh, Chinese official, during her recent visit to that country and said that she found that the Chinese officials were very approachable and pragmatic and also assured that they want China to play a more constructive role in resolving the debt issue. I mean, quote, the truth is that it was very straightforward and that it takes for them a long time to take a decision on this. So the assurance coming from the managing director is that China has taken some critical steps to try and restructure the debts of countries like Ghana, Zambia and Ethiopia. And some good news for us in terms of Ghana making some progress with these debtors in trying to reach an agreement so they can go to the International Monetary Fund Board and get Ghana's program approved. Two other stories, and some prospective borrowers have welcomed the Bank of Ghana's directive that all hidden charges in loan agreement should be classified as a void and now. The central bank in notice reminded the public that banks and lenders that have not taken these charges, that have taken these charges, are now asked to reverse it to their borrowers. Now, some of these borrowers argue that these directives couldn't have come at a better time.
10: Sometimes some of the bankers and financial institutions will tell you that you are the loan is granted on commitment, no commitment fee. Uh, so if Bank of Ghana has brought out the challenge that has given a directive that they should pay the money to the customers, I think it's on cost. They need to be sanctioned. That is fee-free. Because if you, it, you know, loans that we take is a, contra- a
3: contract. Uh, if only they are not aware of it. And it has affected the customers. And the authoritative body, Bank of Ghana, has examined it and gone through it and found that it is very needful for customers of the various institutional banks to have their money back. Then I support it. Those sanctions will also help so that next time they will not do
14: that. There should be communication first. The
1: banks, I mean, most banks that do that, um, to um, the people that take the loans from them, yes, think
4: they should be punished.
7: And those are views of some uh, prospective uh, borrowers on Bank of Ghana stands when it comes to hidden charges and the directive for these charges to be reversed to the borrowers. Meanwhile, banking consultant Christian Titijan says that a lot more borrowers need to do some due diligence before signing these loan agreements. I think it's a very good call. But the challenge I see here is not really the banks, whether they disclose
10: or they do not disclose. I'm aware a lot of them do disclose. but a lot of us consumers
2: sometimes in a haste to just avail the facility or take the the, the loan. We do not really um, go in details to verify or to study into detail the documents that we are giving. So you can have a customer that comes in, the facility agreement is prepared, the offer letter is prepared, the Truth in Lending um, um, document is also prepared, but you just see them signing off without actually going through. So the challenge I see here for me, it's not really about the banks not disclosing. They do disclose, but it's about consumers not really um, uh, studying the documents to know the dictates or the terms and conditions that are stipulated in some of these documents. That is where I, I believe there is a very strong challenge.
7: And that is banking consultant Christian Tetty jan let's look at other stories and it retailing company compu ghana says that it is poised to dedicate polishing itself to support ghana's digitization agenda according to the airport retail manager for compu ghana hazan gaza the company continues to provide quality products he believes that this will ensure sustainability she spoke to joy business at the launch of its new showroom the airport residential area.
14: From Pugana, we take care about all the customers. We don't only sell items here. We look about after-sales service. We have a good warranty on all the products. Our aim of everything that to make the customer satisfied. As you see here, we only sell, we sell everything almost relating to IT. We have like TVs, washing machines, everything that what you can see you have. And the new thing we have is the
7: Somfy brand and there is the Vision. This one is more for security. And that is the airport residential branch manager for Compu Gun, Hassan Gazelda speaking to Joy Business and MFO tonight on PM Express. We're still discussing the three key tax measures that was recently passed by Parliament, looking at the impact of this on the broader economy and even businesses, assessing government's whole tax policy and revenue measures, and whether they are getting it right or it will end up hurting the larger economy. I'll be engaging That is the senior country partner at PricewaterhouseCoopers that is Vish Shagbo and also an economist at the Institute of Statical, Social and Economic Research Professor Charles Acker looking at the economy and the impact on businesses at 9pm on the Joy News Channel and also on all our social media platforms that is here at Multimedia Group. So, Let's look at these taxes. Let's look at how it's going to impact businesses going forward and also the larger economy at 9pm.
2: It's a discussion that you cannot miss and I won't miss it as well. George, thank you very much. It's PM Express Business Edition. This evening at 9pm on the Joy News Channel. That's George Riafe with the latest from the world of business and you'll be your host tonight. Let's do some of your messages uh, that you've sent in so far. And uh, this one from Senna Hateka from uh, Agonu Poplote. He says, My condolences to the Immigration Officer Philip Morty and his family. I wish them and also I wish a speedy recovery to the rest of the two officers that got injured. And Kofi Saidu says, I'm appealing to my people at Boko to smoke the peace pipe and I announce their differences and give peace a chance because there's no development in the midst of war. He also comments on And the DCE's whose um, power has been disconnected, it says the power consumed by the DCE should not only be recovered, but he should also be prosecuted for illegal connection of power because no one is above the laws of this country. And Thomas in Bogotanga says the security agencies should search and retrieve all weapons in Boko, registered or not. And Lincoln in Aquitiman says security in the country is getting to another level and must be checked some of your messages uh, that you've sent in so far let's bring in muspao he has the latest from the world of sports and then we get into some other stories Musbal.
8: yes uh emma for well uh, legendary boxer promoter bob arum is the one who's been speaking and he's of top rankings promotion and uh, he's tipped Ghana as a potential host for a world title bout in the near future if the country continue its stride in boxing well he's been speaking to my colleague Natana Lato in oklahoma usa and there he also eulogized ghana's boxing great azuma nelson
0: if the if if, if the young man is cut from the same cloth uh, as azuma uh, as Corte, as um, uh, now dog Bay, uh, yeah of course But again, I'm not naive, just because they're Ghanans and they were so good as fighters and as human beings, doesn't mean every kid from Ghana is going to be the same. The same, right. So again, uh, yeah, I mean, but certainly if somebody comes to us with a, a fighter from Ghana, we're going to take a look at him. We're going to take a look at him and see if he fits into the program. Uh, and hopefully, they will. I mean, one day, I hope that boxing becomes uh, so popular uh, in Africa uh, that uh, countries like Ghana uh, start uh, hosting a major uh, title fights. that? uh azuma nelson who had the nickname the professor yeah because he was such a complete talent he was uh he could uh, the way he boxed the strategy and and people loved to be around him
8: that's uh bob Aram there top 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 uh boxing promoter there of course uh, mfa that i spoke to you i told you about uh, Chelsea, Chelsea being close to mm. appointing Frank have Lampard. A coach now, yeah. Yes, he's been appointed, mm-hmm. and the mood around seen among that, Chelsea fans—most
2: of you, yeah—I mean, the well. mood around most Chelsea <laughs> fans
8: appear—they are not—they are not pleased with the appointment. Okay. You know, I saw I uh, a quote nice. from one of our own George Ida Jr., and he said that um, Chelsea sacked the worst manager mm-hmm. in the club's history, which is Graham Potter, mm-hmm. and went to pick the second worst manager in the club's history in Frank Lampard. <laughs> not sure how it's going to work out, but he has ten games to try and prove himself of the baby he just might win the Champions League, you know. Oh, please. Yeah.
2: Muzbal, thank you very much for the latest from the world of sports. I'll take you now to the University of Ghana and um, I'm talking about the 75th anniversary celebration lecture series organised by the university on the topic restructuring the national economy for need for a paradigm shift and the speaker uh, for tonight's event, coordinator of the Third World Network Africa, Dr Yao Graham, believes Ghana's current economic situation situation will go down as the worst crisis in the history of a country since 1983. He believes that the country's reliance on exports to balance its books has contributed to the deep financial plunge. He wants government to shift its focus to diversification of exports and also shift to value addition. Here accepts. If
9: you
14: look at the profile of Ghana's exports over the past 10 years, and beyond, you'll find that cocoa, gold, and oil make up more than 80% of our exports. And international trade makes up more than 40% of the country's GDP. When you have that size of international trade in your economy, it makes you vulnerable to the volatilities and vicissitudes of the international economy. And, of course, if you're exporting raw commodities, the volatilities of commodities are a key part of the landscape, and you import finished products, so the you 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 face challenges. It also means that of course the linkages between the sectors of your economy are weak. Okay, uh, so you know, domestic choices, and is this same commodity boom which was the context for Ghana beginning eurobond borrowing, President Kufuor took the first Eurobond loan in his time and has become part of, as it were, the sources of financing, with consequences as it's built up. There are questions to be asked, of course, about the basis on which those borrowings were done, the calculation about management, the accountability for them, because the president, when he spoke recently in the State of the Nation address, said the monies were used to build infrastructure. But one of the realities of public finance management in our country is really the weak accountability that we have. So successive governments build this thing up. I'm raising this point because the crisis of our international finance at the moment is not a single regime problem, it's a cumulative problem. It's a cumulative problem in two ways. One, the accumulation of the borrowing, and two, the accumulation of the consequences of the paradigm within which we are operating. This is the the deepest crisis we're having since uh, 1975-83. That crisis under Jay Rawlings was the moment when Ghana became the shining star for neoliberal reform in Africa. Just a quick thing about some of the stylized facts about those reforms trade and investment liberalization, financial sector liberalization, export led growth, the retrenchment of the state, and a focus on private sector led growth, but also the transformation of the roles of the state and the building of new institutions, and of course, the adoption of new ideologies, as well as the reorientation of state cadre in terms of their function.
2: That's Dr. Yao Graham, is the coordinator of the Third World Network Africa at the 75th. Lecture of the University of Ghana and it's currently underway. And it's, um, we'll bring you updates of that on myjoinline.com and subsequent bulletins. But have you wondered why uh, 10% has been trending all day on Twitter? I'm sure, um, if you don't know, let me give you updates on that. There's been angry reactions from, um, you know, social media users, netizens of a government's decision to introduce taxes on lottery. And sports betting, as some punters describe the initiative as needless. So, on March 31, Parliament approved three bills on taxes. I'm sure you know that by now Income Tax Amendment Bill, Excise Duty Amendment Bill, and the Growth and Sustainability Amendment Bill as part of obligations for a $3 billion IMF fund. We've been told. Well, a component of the bills include a 10% withholding tax at the point of payout deduction. Those you bet, you know. Those of you who bet, you understand what I'm talking about from winnings, from lotteries, sports betting and games of chance ahead of the presidential ascent worried panthers have taken to social media to vent over the potential impact on their earnings we'll hear from some of you and the comments that you've been making on social media so far but let's listen to Petrus Ali he's an expert panther He, he described the tax as double taxing and needless
9: the government is confused they don't know what they are doing. They don't know what they are doing. They are confused. Actually, they are confused. Because if you look at what they've done, especially, uh, you know, when you are even taking a bet, you pay a tax on it. And when you are using Momo to pay, they charge you e-levy. So when you pay the tax on the bet, and you also pay e-levy, and you win, they are now taking another tax. This is 3 I am not into taxation and I'm not into law, but I know one person just one event that you are undertaking, you are paying three different types of tax. So they are just confused. When you are paying with e-levy, mm. with Momo, you are paying an e-levy on it. Is that not a tax? Mm. So how can you pay three different types of taxes on one event you are undertaking? This is are not a confused government, you you cannot. I think they forgot about some of their their own initiative, that they've They've instituted a tax on sports betting. They've they've instituted a tax on electronic uh, transactions. And now when they are saying, when you win, you also have to pay a tax. What work did the government do for you in winning the bets? Because some of us, we spend six hours on on calculating the, the, the outcomes of matches. And at the end of the day, you don't even win. Like, two months, you win one. And the government is saying, for that time, I'm taking 10%. That, he's just confused. Yeah, let me tell you, they don't even know what they are doing. And, and I think by the end of this week, they might even bring a difference in that they've, they've not even taxed Sports Betting. It's just they are lazy, they are confused, and they don't even know whether they are leaders or not. They- so and that's uh,
2: Petra Sali uh, Expert Panther. And uh, my colleague um, James Aveji has been monitoring what you've been saying Under that, um, you know, 10% has been trending amongst
4: others. James, what are some of the comments that have been made? It's a, a mixed reaction as you said earlier. For instance, Eunice Ofori uh, at uh, Unis underscore Queen says, betting is the main reason why the youth of this country is still are still calm. Mm-hmm. The hope these betting companies give to the youth every weekend and sometimes midweek is the main reason why they have not been rebellious in the midst of this bad governance. So that's the view of Eunice there. Uh, nok 69 NOK69 says, As a senior investor, I think one negative effect of implementing a 10% tax on sports betting could be that it may discourage some people from participating in sport betting altogether, the added cost of taxes could make it less appealing to some individuals to play bet. And so, so that's, those
2: who are betting now call themselves investors. Eh? Yes, they are yes, investors. Yes, they oh, call okay. themselves investors.
4: Okay. It, it, I mean, they get a, a profit from that, and so that, that's why they call themselves <laughs> invested. Someone, uh, another person says that um, uh, heavy hitter at Marvin underscore G says I should use my head to fix odds whilst government sit on the other end of the table waiting for winning percentage. Uh, puts a thinking emoji <laughs> under that. And uh, another person says uh, from Quote, we're moving from taxation to industrialization to taxing lack. Mm-hmm. Industrialization No attention.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's it. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And some of your comments on social media. Ending tonight's edition of News Night. Those of you who say you are investors amongst others. Okay. We'll see how that goes. And that's how we wrap up uh, News Night. There's more when you log on to my joyonline.com. I am MFA Apau out on the Holy Thursday. And it's Good Friday. We'll Bring you all the special programming right here on joy 99.7 fm we have personality profile up next and guess who we're hosting dr ifua asabia sari ceo ghana export promotion authority a woman you want to listen to please stay